there's never been a better time to be a direct-to-consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC Podcast. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler. It is Friday. I'm a tiny bit hungover, but I'm incredibly excited to be chatting with our senior media buying team across both our Facebook ads and our Google ads platforms uh, about Facebook uh, and Google ads in the post iOS 14.5 landscape. What's changed? What challenges there are? What we're seeing that's working best uh, in the space right now? Uh, but first, a little housekeeping. Uh, number one, I just wanted to uh, say thank you to all of the listeners out there. We just crushed 60,000 listens uh, of the podcast in our first year, uh, which is extremely exciting for us. Uh, I want to thank you so much. If you haven't yet, make sure you go and rate the podcast. Make sure, make sure you share it with friends when, it, when, it, when you find something that helps you. Uh, and yeah, just yeah, let's keep, you know, 100,000 is, is well within reach here. So let's get that uh, within, let's say within Q3. That's my goal. Uh, and then because we have this many amazing listeners uh, and because Q3 is upon us, we also have our advertising packages available that we're just starting to sell. Our header slots will sell out very quickly. So if you're in the audience listening or if you know someone who might want to advertise, who might want to reach 36,000 D2C fanatics in our newsletter or via this podcast, then make sure uh, that they reach out on our website at directtoconsumer.co. Uh, and again, if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe. How are the smartest brands winning? They're using Perpetua. Perpetua saves hours of time spent in the weeds of tactical campaign management so marketers can focus on what really matters, strategically growing their business. Find out why brands like Crocs and Beekeepers Naturals trust Perpetua to accelerate the growth of their e-commerce businesses across channels like Amazon, Instacart, Walmart, Target, and more. Visit Perpetua.io, that's P-E-R-P-E-T-U-A dot I-O, to learn more about how they can help you grow. That's Perpetua.io. Now, don't want to keep these guys waiting any longer. Uh, Nate, let's start with you as our lead Facebook media buyer. Uh, what are we seeing on Facebook ads right now in the post uh, iOS 14.5? Uh, what, what has been the impact that you've seen, let's say? Yeah, um, I, I would say the biggest impact was the initial stuff. Um, it, it was kind of like a little bit of a roller coaster. Like right when iOS came out, I feel like everybody kind of saw this big jump. And I think part of that was because we were starting to see conversions fire on the day of conversion rather than impression. Um, so it just kind of boosted day of stats. Um, and then we kind of saw around like week two after it came out, we kind of started seeing a bigger dip. Um, and I think this is just performance fluctuations because of the algorithm trying to adjust. Um, but we, uh, it seems that we're seeing kind of stabilization now. Um, so performance is kind of getting back to, back to normal levels. Um, obviously, there's some nuances that Taylor can jump into. Um, when it comes to like longer term purchase decisions um, and, you know, the disappearing of the the 28 day window. Um, but overall, I, I think for the most part, like we're starting to stabilize now and it, it looks pretty decent overall. So that's great. What about data fidelity? What about, I know that there's issues on the reporting side of things where we can, you can't always get the totals to fill out. You're not actually getting data on, you know, what countries with, you know, uh, your conversions are happening in, for instance. Um, well, I'd, I'd just be interested in your overall take. And then I know that we actually have a hack that we use as a company right now that we're actually working on with Facebook for how to actually see, make some of these, these, uh, these totals, these columns total. We should share that hack on the, on this podcast. 100%, Taylor, what are you yeah. seeing? Yeah, Nate, what are you seeing with data fidelity? Honestly, there, there's a couple like really brutal things that I probably should have just mentioned, but the first is that 
because we're now looking at a seven day window, 28 days, obviously gone. Um, but then, so there's two, or I guess there's three left, but two, two main ones left, uh, one day, click one day view, seven day, click one day view. And if you had ad sets paused when it flipped over, uh, when iOS first came out, those automatically defaulted to one day, click one day view. And then the rest of your campaigns that were live would have went down to seven day, click one day view. Um, and so Facebook can't tally up in ads manager, the totals between those two attribution windows. And so ads manager, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are noticing isn't tallying up totals of, of metrics at the bottom. Um, and you actually have to jump into the ad set or ad level to see those metrics. Uh, one workaround there is using custom reports. Uh, it's a little bit finicky because custom reports also can't standardize attribution windows um, in one single ad account across campaigns. So the hack that we've come up with is to either use a separate ad account that's not running or build a second ad account that's not running. Uh, select the two for custom reports, build your custom report with the metrics you need to see, standardize the attribution window and the currency across those ad accounts. And then you'll be able to see holistically all the data in the ad account you're trying to look at. And it will total at the bottom for you. It's just a little bit finicky and kind of hectic to, to try and build out. I think we're, we're going to be writing about this in the newsletter, just putting it out there for everyone. We'll create a blog post where we can, you know, help people understand exactly how to do this with screenshots, because I, it's also, by the time we get that out, it's possible Facebook will have fixed it. Cause I know they're, they're looking at fixing it right now. Um, but I, I think it's a really interesting hack. Uh, Taylor, yeah. what, where were you going with, uh, with what you're seeing? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I echo a lot of Nate's points there. We're seeing, we've seen it kind of affect brands differently depending on really the entire purchase journey. So for example, brands that uh, where a lot of sales fall between eight days and 28 days uh, from engaging with a Facebook ad, um, we're seeing those ones uh, heavily impacted by the phasing out of that window. And then there's elements at play too, um, like, you know, the potential uh, within if they're if a brand is leaning towards like iOS traffic, for example, there may be a, a bigger impact than one that's more balanced or leaning towards uh, Android uh, or other devices. So um, those are kind of the big big things there. But with all of that said, um, no matter what, like we're still seeing a ton and ton of value from the quality of the traffic. It's really just a matter of how do we measure that holistically now um, in those cases, or depending on what the the brand is kind of going through uh, with regards to that. Nice. Okay. We're going to get into how to measure what's going on uh, in a little bit, but let's actually jump over to the Google world. Uh, and from a high level, uh, Google gentleman, has iOS 14.5 impacted things at all? Who wants to answer that? Saul. Um, I'll, I'll start. And just in a more, more general sense, um, I don't think it has really had a big, big impact on us yet. Um, mostly on, on the search side, things have essentially stayed the same. Um, it's a lot of first party data, right? So there's no, no issues there. Um, and then Google has been pretty good in using AI over the last little bit to uh, model conversion, um, conversion tracking. Uh, and our bigger, um, some of our bigger accounts are already on data-driven attribution that uses machine learning to correctly attribute um, you know, purchases. And Google just started also adding, it didn't used to, but now they're adding display, YouTube, and discovery to that data-driven attribution. Mm. Um, so that helps. Um, so yeah, in general, just from, from my point of view, it hasn't been as, um, we, we, also we don't, we don't run many uh, app clients. So um, that, that also takes that um, part of the equation up. We don't, we don't have to deal with that type thing. 
and zero loss in data fidelity. You're not having any issues with co- with to- with uh, you know data not being attributed to the right rows or or, or columns. I haven't seen that. No, I don't know, Richard. No, nothing, nothing like that at all. Uh, which has been super nice. Um, and you know, just to reiterate, what what Sol says, a lot of our clients are kind of e-commerce clients um, and sort of more general lead gen, so they're not running an awful lot of app campaigns, and we've definitely escaped the worst of it because because of that. Um, and I think if we'd been running app campaigns, there's a lot that we would have needed to have done. Um, so no, so and even you know, going digging in Google Analytics and having a look at, you know, iOS as a, you know, as a operating system and how, how it's been affected, um, you know, across most of our clients, and and there's been very very little impact, um, you know, from a kind of data data point of view, um, and. I think uh, you know. Just uh, Google definitely has their, their modeling has has been decent, and they've been really upping their their modeling game. <laughs> if that's the right terminology. Uh, and and their their launch of um, G Google Analytics four, which uh, has been fairly recent, they're they're upping their their modeling uh, even more with with the uh, with, with GA four. You know, so that'll definitely be one pretty compelling reason for people to. To move from GA3 to GA4 in due course, just because the modeling is going to be much better in, in GA4. Nice. Any other reasons off the top of your head why what like why this is going to be a seminal release of uh, GA4? Um, they just it's just a, a better you know better platform. Um, you know a lot of there was a lot of kind of limitations within within GA, GA3, uh, but I think I think the the main driver behind it has been. Um, attribution and as Saul mentioned there, the whole data-driven thing is, yeah, is, is a huge improvement over what was what was there before. And cool. you know, certainly what we're seeing in terms of um, you know, kind of view-through conversions that would have, you know, we would have looked at in the past, but particularly for you know display, uh, you know, display campaigns, is that you know now that we've got um, better access to better attribution, um, then we're actually seeing that. Those campaigns weren't weren't as good as we thought they might have been. <laughs> now that we've got this data, data driven attribution, so uh, definitely that would be the main driver. Very cool, Taylor. Let's jump into attribution a little bit. I know you've been working on an interesting project, uh, mapping that customer journey and and trying to figure things out. So set the context in terms of of where we're at right now in the post iOS fourteen landscape and 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 attribution and what we're doing about it. Yeah. So. Um... Facebook rolled out uh, their modeling system uh, over a month ago now. So we're, uh, as Nate kind of mentioned there too, we've, we saw that the biggest shift kind of initially. And, and since then things have started to kind of settle in a bit further. Um, but with that said, we've definitely noticed um, in, in cases where, where that journey differs, uh, like potentially, you know, if it's an extended journey and things like that, um, as being a big part of it uh, from the Facebook side, uh, looking to scale efficiently. Um, that's where we've noticed shifts and where we're kind of leaning into historic data as well as um, the the best practices established combined with stepping taking a step back outside of the platform itself too and looking at how we're impo- impacting the overall brand's uh, growth with basically a system of signals um, combining all the different factors and how we uh, with all of our platform teams work together to drive those results for the brand. So it's a, that's a bit of a, a vague way of explaining it, but um, for, for some kind of added context, we're looking at different patterns and, and trends and gap analysis between uh, like the Facebook platform, Google ads, uh, other platforms we use, things like analytics, uh, Shopify itself, 
um, and really just do, going deep on kind of comparing that that data and then leveraging basically every signal and tool we we can to make the best decisions for uh, ensuring we're uh, feeding that funnel of traffic. Um, in What's a, our stack in, for that? Yeah, so in terms of the stack, um, it's at this point we're what we're doing. We're working on a we're working on kind of blending that data together um, through like shared views, but a lot of it is uh, us. Uh, kind of leveraging our know-how to, to dive into each platform and, and determine what we're looking at uh, between them uh, to compare. There's like the other side of that too, that's quite exciting is uh, what we can see within our Rubik's tool as well, um, based on being able to drill into UTM and, and things like there is that as well on the, the CRO side and even leverage the, the campaign stuff there. So um, it's definitely a lot to like process on a regular basis, looking at it all, but we, we are seeing a lot of added benefit from ensuring that, we're guiding our strategy by comparing all of these and how are we actually feeding people to the brands that we're working with um, based on, you know, we're still like, I'm still looking at ROAS constantly and that's still a guiding principle. I'm still looking at angle testing and seeing how we, how we can make it as efficient as possible, but we're leveraging all of this combined in a way that, uh, that has been, been driving great results for uh, moving in the direction that we want to with brands. And so then to put it simply, like we're trying to, are we trying to put it into place sort of a fractional attribution system where we have very clear assists uh, and conversions or like, what is, what is that? What is the simplest way of sort of like, what is the output that we'll get from this system in a, in a simple way? That's, that's exactly it. Um, part of that too, is that we're looking at like the, the assisted conversions reports and analytics and, and stuff like that too. So um, basically that's a simple way of, of putting it and looking at like, you know, if we're taking certain actions on Google, we want to make sure that Facebook's supporting those. And, and it's kind of this ecosystem idea of, uh, of really optimizing and, and scaling it that way. So, um, yeah, it's it's been really exciting. We're I'm getting to communicate with Richard, Saul and, and teams uh, on other platforms constantly. And we're, we're working together to build these systems and, and scale, scale brands efficiently. Like we always have just under this new, uh, under this kind of new direction of attribution and, and, uh, growth for platforms. And it's probably going to look good on Google. Cause I know Google, Google long, you know, not to, not to poke the feud here, but, but Google has the longstanding belief that as an intent based platform, they do have a lot of those, those key first touches. Um, yeah, that's that's what or or the last def quite often the last touch as well. What do you what like? Do you guys think that the, this attribution model will reveal uh, Google is you know getting should be getting more value than it currently gets credit for? Oh, always, Eric, always. <laughs> Just, let's see your uh, tattoo. Let's see your. <laughs> no, I think it, it's um, yeah. It, I think you know Google Analytics was always you know because it was last click based and um, you know. Facebook and other platforms, you know, we're, we're obviously driving a lot of top of top of funnel traffic. You know, there was always kind of this distrust of, of what Google Analytics was saying, and it was another Google <laughs> Google tool. You know, surely surely Google's skewing it in their in their favor, um, and we can't believe that everything it says. And and for sure, um, you know, it's not one hundred percent accurate. But I think um, you know, as Taylor said there, you know, th there is some great information in there, and and, and while you don't take it. You know, a complete. You know, it's not one hundred percent the truth, but if you if you start then looking at the signals that it contains in terms of, you know, pages per session, you know, time time on site, uh, bounce rates, you know, things things like that, um, and then start to look at it, you know, from a platform, you know, point of view. What's our platform saying? What's 
Facebook's platform saying, what's Google Analytics saying, then you bring all these things together and suddenly, you know, I think um, there will be much more, uh, maybe not reliance, but we'll be getting good indicators from Google Analytics um, now moving forward that we probably in the past would have gone, yeah, maybe, maybe not. You know, I think, I think we're going to need to look at those now. And what's it allow us to do? It allows us to invest in the right areas and to and to be able to spend into I say spend into the void or spend into areas where you know you're not you may not see profitability right away, but you have the data to understand that if you do spend that way, or, you know it, strategically, it'll have dividends. Is that is would you say that's right, Taylor? Yep, that's that's exactly it, really. And and I mean, at the end of the day, we want to see that immediate profitability as as our kind of goal, but we also want to build the brand and um, do what's best for the brand uh, short-term and long-term. And um, so far, this has been proving proving quite strong in terms of uh, some of the lift reports we've been able to, to look at and, and compare as well and through these efforts so far. Nice. Nate, I was hearing earlier about uh, uh, the way that you're currently thinking about running Facebook campaigns, and I tried to make it about iOS 14. And you're just like, this isn't even about iOS 14, but I wanted to make sure you had your uh, opportunity to talk a little bit about what you're seeing work well in terms of campaign structure on Facebook ads right now. For sure. Yeah. First off, I, I think even before jumping into that, like I would just basically follow up on what Taylor's saying, but there's, it's super important right now to look holistically at what's going on rather than just look at Facebook, look at Google, you know, look at analytics and try and separate it all. Um, one of the, and, and Taylor was talking about kind of these signal tests we're running. And one of the main signals we're looking for right now it's kind of that ratio between spend and, and Shopify um, or CRM revenue. Uh, and basically by looking at that, and, and this is this obviously works better on, on mainly Facebook uh, brands, if, if majority of their spend is coming from Facebook, uh, you can kind of take a look at that. And if you see the ratio increase in the favor of spend, so spend is taking up a bigger piece of that pie, um, as opposed to Shopify revenue, then you know you aren't actually driving the same value for the ad spend. Um, and so, a lot of what we're seeing is that ratio is staying fairly steady. Uh, there are times where we're seeing within that seven day attribution window, it does look like we're losing potentially five to 10% of Facebook attribution. Um, but overall, it doesn't look like it's a, a massive chunk. And I think the other big consideration there is the loss of the, the eight to 28 days, like Taylor was saying, and with products that are more expensive and take a little bit more time to purchase, you're gonna see a bigger drop there. Um, so it's really important to, to monitor those signals at all times so you can kind of keep on top of you know client expectations and your own um, in terms of knowing that what you're doing is still providing a lot of value nice thank you for making it about ios 14 i appreciate it yeah uh, uh, but but yeah on the, on the campaign side um honestly not not a ton has changed in terms of what we're doing um i, I would say one thing is that we've seen over the past few weeks a little bit of a drop off in terms of um horizontal scalability uh, so what we're doing right now is a lot of consolidation among our campaigns um, and, and trying to really force budgets down a path of least resistance and where our campaigns can gain the most momentum um, rather than thin out our budgets. There was a lot of a lot of clients and, and brands had to pull back a little bit over the past couple of weeks because they were seeing that volatility. Um, and so while doing that, you don't want to maintain the same structure. You really want to consolidate, make sure that you're spending efficiently and, and where it matters most. Is it changing at all how testing is working? Is it making, you know, gold coin testing, you know, a, a methodology that we use, is it making it any any less effective or is it making it even more relevant? Um, I, I definitely don't think it's making it less effective. I think there's, there are a few hurdles. And one of the big things that we've seen is 
brand new test campaigns have started to see it, it seems and Taylor, I think you can you can back me up on this. They're seeing a higher cost per click, slightly higher CPMs, click through rates are down a bit. Um, and but it it only really seems to be on a brand new campaign for the first few days. And so there's a couple things to do. Uh, sometimes it works to just literally ride out those first few days. Um, and then other times we're moving, like I said, to a more consolidated structure where we're testing ads in campaigns that have already had spend before. And it seems to make a little bit of a, a difference. Um, so rather than build out all campaigns, and, and don't get me wrong, we're doing multiple strategies. We're basically testing everything. We're still doing our horizontal testing. Um, but what we are seeing work a lot of the time is testing ads and campaigns that have already had spend. And rather than testing you know, five ads in one campaign at once, uh, we'll, we'll test you know, one new ad in a campaign that's been running for, for a week or two. Nice. Excellent. Anything, anything, any value bombs over there for you guys are, are pretty smug over there. You know, not affected by iOS 14, uh, Google's smooth and you know, smooth sailing, any uh, value bombs to leave the audience with that you're seeing kind of working well in your, in your workflows. I think, um, well, I mean, we won't be quite so smug. Um, the display network is definitely, um, proving to be a bit of an issue for some of our clients. Um, some of our clients have kind of sailed through and um, they haven't had any major major issues, but we definitely, I think probably across the board, we're seeing more of a dip in display performance, uh, display network performance. Um, top of funnels are really, really getting to be a struggle. Retargeting bottom of funnel, you know, you can eke out some some performance there, but, but it's definitely getting harder. And I, so I think what's, what's forcing us to do is to look at, you know, non-display. So we're now looking at, you know, discovery as a, a more important channel. And I think increasingly probably YouTube is the most important uh, channel. The the, um, the data that we're seeing from assisted conversions and direct conversions, um, you, you know, that that's, that's where the big opportunity is. And I think, you know, rather than us spending a whole lot of time on, on display, which we probably would have in the past, we're kind of just nearly skipping that and going, okay, what can we do to get, to get YouTube content uh, up and running? Because that's that's where the big opportunity is for us. That's the top of funnel of the whole Google environment. You know it, how you know one out of every two kids is watching eight hours of YouTube a day at this point. So yeah, yeah. and the, the other thing is <clears throat> we we have to remember that even though YouTube has audiences and all those things that also have you know third party data, it, it's still keyword based, right? It's the second search engine after Google. So yep. that helps a lot um, with not only targeting, but also keeping keeping things uh, moving along type thing. Nice. Uh, and then last just open question. Uh, so imagine a hypothetical story. You hear, you hear of a high-end uh, e-commerce brand cutting their Facebook uh, budget in half, but having no discernible uh, impact on their top line sales. Where do your thoughts go when you hear something like that, Nate? Yeah, I would first question how well or poorly they were doing on Facebook prior to cutting their spend, um, mm. because the, the worse they were doing, the less the impact they're going to see by dropping spend, obviously. Um, and then second, I, I would I would question like how long of a time did they, you know, take to make that decision of oh, we're not actually seeing a drop. Was it like the next day they didn't see a drop and they were like oh, we don't need Facebook, or you know, was it was it a month? Because we've we've definitely run tests where uh, with some brands during during um, you know different times of the year where maybe they don't need as much as much Facebook spend, 
Uh, we've done tests where we've pulled back, you know, 50 to 75% for a month or two. Um, and depending on the, the length of that purchase decision, we've seen definitely like huge taper offs um, in terms of just overall organic, you know, Google affiliates, every other channel basically suffers um, when Facebook stops because we're driving so much top of funnel traffic. Uh, but it, it definitely takes longer than, you know, a day or even a week because you're going to have, if you were spending any significant amount of money on, on the platform, you're going to have sent a ton of traffic, your retargeting audiences and, and the audiences that are going to come back organically are still going to do that regardless of being hit by Facebook ads, you know, for, for the foreseeable future. Right. So mm -hmm. it takes a little and, bit of time for sure. And this is, I, I'm not on that Facebook conversation, but just for the sake of, you know, debate and correlation, it's not causation, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it also depends on how much money they were spending on Facebook as part of their whole media plan, right? Like yeah. if they're spending $2 million on influencers and $500,000 on Facebook, and then they cut Facebook back by half, well, and I still spent $2 million on influencers, well, then, it's true. you know. That, I think the money did go problem. to influencers, by the way, in yeah. this case. So, yeah. I don't know. I, to me, yeah, you, you need to look There's at so many numbers. factors. Yeah. Yeah. So many factors. You can't just say, oh yeah, I cut it and it's nothing. So, but when you hear they took it out of Facebook cause it wasn't working, they put it into influencers as a, as a pilot house person, your mind has to go into white. You got to com combine them. You got to combine them. You got a yeah. whitelist. You got to use that UGC. Uh, and, uh, in this, a uh, phantom test case that we've just, we've just done, if you're listening, that's what we strongly recommend you do. Uh, in a totally separate note, if anyone out there wants to work with these big brains, uh, you just got to go to pilothouse.co and fill out the contact form and, uh, and discuss about how, how we can, uh, help, help scale your brand. And until then, we'll just keep uh, putting out value every week, uh, getting together on Fridays for these, uh, fun, all killer, no fillers. I want to thank everyone for coming on today. Thanks guys. Yeah, thanks. Nice. Okay, awesome. So now I do the outro. So you guys can stay for the outro. You can, you can go for the outro. The music starts coming on now. And I'll tell everyone that they got to subscribe to the newsletter at directtoconsumer.co. Uh, that, that's a big one. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe. Any Anything else in the outro from you guys? Nope, all good for me. <laughs> thanks. Okay. okay. Well, thanks for sticking around, everyone. <laughs> Peace. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, see you guys. It's actually really awkward when people stick around when I'm doing the outro because they think I'm talking to them. But really, still talking to you guys. I want to thank you again. Uh, 60,000 listens. Uh, amazing. We'll get to 100,000 uh, right quick here. Um, very excited about that. And if you are an advertiser, reach out to us uh, on the advertiser form at directtoconsumer.co slash advertise. And we'd love to hear from you and tell you all about our Q3 packages. All right, everyone have a great weekend. Uh, we can just relax now. Okay, peace.